Slurpee! Slurpee.com! Collect all four while supplies last. Thor in theaters May 6th. Download the Slurpee app today and check in for great Thor prizes. Only at 7-Eleven, the sign of the times. Marvel! www.marvel.com Listener to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I'm Rick. Professor, what's another word for random banter? Well, I think it's b-booty, b-b-booty. That's what it is. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Yeah, I had a booty. feeling you probably Bo- would have Bo- used Bo- that. Booty. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're we're gonna get around to talking that while that one probably. I, I think so. I think so. I think I think there's a little bit of a Beastie Boys reference in this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For the song is Professor Booty. Professor Booty. <laughs> booty. Booty. Okay. Hey, uh, Jeff. Great, great tune. Jeff. Yo, buddy. Move it on. Mm. We're done with it. Never. No. Nope. No, it's nope. the best. You beat it into the There's ground. A lot of good... You beat it in the ground. There's a lot you of... You beat it in the ground. Done. You're like Sue. Just tired of the song. There was another great song in this, too. They had uh, CeeLo Green's Forget You <laughs> that Carly was singing as well. I'm like, man, this was the music issue. Nice. Okay. 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 Things that are going on. I saw something kind of pass through my, hey, maybe I should check that out kind of a thing. And then I was tagged in something from the Sutherlands, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, fellow podcasters, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful couple. And they were wondering what me and my wife thought about this TV show called My Roommate is a Gumaho or Gumaho. I can't really say it. Anyways, it's mm. a Korean romantic drama kind of a thing. And the Gumaho is the Korean word for the magical nine-tailed fox. Oh, okay. And it's about him having a roommate. Who's a nine-tailed fox? Well, no, is no, it no. in human a girl, guys? A, is a it? girl. A girl having mm-hmm. this roommate. And it's, you know, live action kind of thing. So, it's mm-hmm. it's cute. It's very much a Korean drama. <laughs> And it's it's kind of fun. It's it's uh, over there on good old Amazon Prime, and um, we're enjoying it. We've got a few more episodes to go. It's not too bad. It's kind of fun. If you like that kind of thing, it's very Korean. It is subtitled, and it's you're kind of yelling at the screen a lot of times. Just talk to each other. <laughs> It happens. <laughs> it's very Shakespearean then, where yeah. most problems can be resolved by a simple discussion. Most, but this has the added benefit of there's just that mystical element in there where it's like, you can't really talk about a lot of these things because, now wait a minute. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? He's a, he's a mythical fox. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Okay. But this also... Is he the fox? Is she the fox? Who's the fox? He, the guy is the fox. The man is the fox. Okay. Yeah. All right. Never heard of this. I'm very curious about it now, but I've never heard of it. It's cute. It's fun. It's... And because my wife is Korean, she was born in Korea, she grew up there and she came from a Korean family. So she has the Korean language and she can sit there and work on a puzzle and not have to look at all the words that are on the subtitles. I 
do not mm-hmm. speak any Korean. So, mm-hmm. which also means that anytime there's any kind of insult or something, I work on trying to pick that up, which just annoys my wife immensely. But, <laughs> but I would also like to mention this for another thing, too, is this already got my mind kind of going. And then it was, we just today finished closing on our selling our rental house so we got that off our hey. back Woo-hoo. so we got a little bit we got, we got a little bit extra money i wish i had more but i got a little bit extra money in the bank now and so we're mm-hmm. gonna go to korea we're gonna spend spring break in korea oh, wow wow you and her and the daughter or are you leaving the daughter behind or how's that working all three of us i wish we could do more but we're just doing spring break so we're yep. gonna you know do a long week yeah so i'm kind of got this korean vibe going with me right now it's okay. kind of fun well that's cool. That's really neat. I'm excited for you for your trip. Yeah. Looking forward for you doing that. Looking forward for you to get back so you can tell us all about it. That'll be great. Yay! <laughs> yay! Yay! The house is selling and yay, a trip. Yay! That's <laughs> no, awesome. That's really cool. The house is not selling. The house has sold. We signed. Oh, they signed. Everybody signed. The only thing I'm missing right now is money in the bank, but that should be in the next <laughs> day or two. So, yes, yes, yes. All right. So, that's what's, I mean, my plate is over brimming with stuff, but uh, how you doing? Very, uh, I'm doing okay. We're overwhelmed. I could go into the month eight of the two month remodel and talk about stuff like that, but I don't want to. I want to talk about something fun. I have gotten into playing a video game on my phone called Vampire Survivors. Nice. Which is a free game on the Play Store kind of neat. It's got like that 8-bit graphic thing going on. It's a bullet shooter, so it's a bullet heck show, but you're the bullet heck. The advertisement for us is be the bullet heck. And you're just venture. There's no fire button. It is simply thumb controlling direction you're going and you are spewing daggers and swords and holy potions of water and just Bibles and stuff are flying out of you and the more you level, the more weapons you get and the more it's just hilarious because you're like, huh, what's what's going on? It's a it's a 30 minute game. It ends at 30 minutes. At the end, you're just like, oh, I have I have defeated like 10,000 enemies. <laughs> so it's, it's a fun one just for being able to grab and just kind of like, I'm going to pop on and wiggle a character around and throw some daggers at some monsters and <laughs> pick up some gold coins. So that's what that's what I've been doing in my for fun for my free time, which I've, I've kind of been needing. So find your joy, my friend. Find your joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is a simple one, but yeah, it, it's fun. So that's what I've been doing. I've been actually playing, getting to kind of sneak in some video game time because it is a short form format video game and it's fitting my lifestyle right now. Very nice. Living the low life lifestyle otherwise with everything else that's going on in my world. So I need a little bit of fun. Nice, nice. Well, we've got more fun because we are still in the midst of this amazing Spider-Man adventure. So let's talk a little bit more about it. Why don't we go ahead and continue the fun with Amazing Spider-Man by giving us a two cents replay of what happened last episode. Spider-Man puts his worst foot forward when joining his teammates in the Future Foundation when he shows up late for a mission dressed in a custom Fantastic Four Spider-Man costume that really cheeses the nachos of his friends who retired the symbol and the colors out of respect for the departed Johnny Storm. One grumbly costume change later, and the four of the Future Foundation go on a road trip to Paris to fight some dimensional dinosaurs, to the Microverse to keep Super Ego, the living Adam, from splitting, and to the far, far future to do a little tech support for the Future Future Foundation. Now that the Spider-Man really didn't like his new costume and really wanted to wear something different, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. I got a nice fun one for you today. Pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory, and I think it should be an enjoyable beer for us. So 
Why don't you go ahead and reach in that bag and tell me what you got? Let's find out what we got going. Fresh from the fridge. It is Defiance Dark Lager. It's a lager beer crafted in a dedicated gluten-free brewery from Groundbreaker Brewing. Huh, this is nice. This is just a campfire and a tent in a forest. This is a picture. This is a picture at night of uh, somebody camping, possibly on Mount Defiance, which is a mountain I've climbed, and it is a kicker. Hey, it's brewed in Portland, Oregon, so that is quite possibly named after Mount Defiance. Nice. <laughs> when the snow begins to fall at higher level, specific Northwesterners don't retreat indoors. Instead, they defiantly hunt for difficult mountains to climb. Only once the mountain has been conquered do they relax by the fire and enjoy a gluten-free dark lager. Because Portland Oregoners are nothing if not crunchy. Uh, 5.1% ABV. Jeff, why would I choose Defiance Dark Lager for this issue? So don't touch me, because I'm electric. And if you touch me, you're going to get shock, shock, shock. I just need to put in more uh, Professor Booty, Beastie Boys. Uh, why would it be Defiance? Is because they keep on singing Beastie Boys songs in defiance mm -hmm. of uh, Sue. Oh, how about no, this? No, no, once Sue lays down the line, they stop. Yeah, which made me <laughs> sad. Because zombie pirates defy the natural order of the living. No, that's not it. Is it possibly because some kids do, in fact, have a bedtime and they've been breaking that defiantly? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty defiant <laughs> in breaking those rules. Also, you know, we do have the zombies, and that's a bit dark. There's a couple of dark themes in here as well. Yeah, and Groundbreakers, uh, that's not to Ben Grimm. I found a lot of little things that we can kind of have fun with in here, but There's a I lot like of good the stuff. defiance aspect. Mm -hmm. That's a, This is a really sweet-smelling beer. It's, like, dark. Yeah, pulling it up to a light. Light does come through it. It's very dark, but it has got a nice, lovely mahogany color when you get some light behind it. But, yeah, that's uh, yeah. it's a sweet-smelling beer. It's a sweet-tasting beer. It doesn't have huge beer notes going off. It's not like outgassing, like, I'm a beer kind of no. a thing. So it's real mild, it's but it's still sweet. Hmm. It's a lager. It is it's, a lager. It's very sweet. I will say this. There is definitely something a little hmm. different. Yes. That would be the gluten-free. I think it is. Yeah, that... It's almost like a fake sweetener taste. Mm-hmm. It's a not natural sweetener taste that you sometimes get when you're using artificial sugar. It's that kind of taste in there. It's got an aftertaste on it as well that's... Yeah. Less pleasant than I want it to be. It is yeah. lager-esque in its flavoring and after flavor. It's left of center. It tastes off. For those people who cannot have gluten, and there are those that are out, and they want to enjoy their beer, uh, hey, you know what? There's some trade-offs that you have to have. Uh, the trade-off here is there's a little bit of an artificial taste in here. Mm -hmm. But once again, I got to say thank you to the beer companies for trying to cater to a lot of different types of people and making sure that people can enjoy what they want to enjoy. Which is really good. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to age over the hour. Because some beers do have a very big yeah. uh, flavor profile change over an hour as they, you know, your t taste buds kind of get numbed and the beer warms up. So I'm curious about that. But right now, uh, I'm a little iffy on it. But I will drink it because I like beer. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, like I said, it, there's something that's really off for both of us on this taste. Putting that aside, it's not bad. It's a good, solid, dark longer. So... We'll see what it's like. It's not terrible. It is not repulsing me. It is just, it's just not quite right. It's basically what it boils down to. What is right is credits. Let's give them. Jeff, if you please. Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 659, April 2011. Fantastic Voyage, part one of two. Credits. Writers, Dan Slott and Fred Van Lente. Penciler, inker, Stefano Caselli. Colorist, 
Marty Garcia. Letterer, Joe Caramonga. Editors, Ellie Pyle and Stephen Wack. Featuring Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Dun, 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 dun. The Thing, Mr. Fantastic, and the Invisible Woman. And guest starring the Future Foundation and Carly Cooper. It is vacay time and the new FF is visiting the tropics. Uh, present day, of course. That's right. As alluded to in the last episode, the final point on their multi-cache hunt has led them to the Caribbean. Specifically, the island they first had a time adventure on. Hang on, little buddy. It looks like our four heroes are getting a team's call from the bedtime bandit brood back at the Baxter building. Sleep is for non-closers, and Val is willing to risk her mother's ire to possibly save her life. Yeah, while the kids try to battle bad reception and an irate parent to give information, Sue is just stuck on the bedtime issue. Well, all of that can wait because the team has arrived at Paradise and communication reception is down. But Ben does recognize the island and the established team informs their newest member about the time Sue was held hostage by Dr. Doom and his pet tiger while Ben, Reed, and Johnny were sent back in time for Blackbeard's treasure. The thing went in disguise and was mistaken for Black. Beard. Oh, ho, ho, hang on. The thing disguised as Blackbeard. I want to make that cosplay. Then I want to win every cosplay contest I ever enter. Dream that dream, Don Quixote. The boys dumped the gems Doom wanted and gave him a bunch of chains. <laughs> Spidey is all in on this story and spends the next moments chanting that he wants to meet pirates. Instead, they meet villagers who are not happy to see them. And you can tell that this is the case as the villagers attack them. Aw, look at the small fishermen attacking the four strong heroes. Yeah, it does seem a bit one-sided. I mean, all Reed has to do is start talking science and that should cause them all to fall asleep. True, true. But it really is Ben who is the worry. In fact, he flexes only half of his catchphrase before Peter steps in to defuse the situation. Yeah, he actually brings it all down a notch, pointing out that they are intruding on this village, and the village is just reacting to their presence. Reed and Sue are impressed with their new addition and his ability to calm Ben down. Then the leader of the village shows up. He is in charge because he is wearing red. Okay. Dude recognizes the quintet as the Fantastic Four, and then completely botches their names, starting with the Invisible Girl. Sue informs him that she finds woman to be less patronizing, so thanks. Mr. Elongated Man. Reed does threaten to sue. The Human Torch. Spidey just mocks this and goes along with it very happily, saying yes. Yes, I am the Human Torch. And the Incredible Hulk. Urge to murderize. Returning. Well, now that we have made this all really awkward, Red Cloak explains that due to some weirdness coming from that mountain over there with the giant skulls on it, the village has had to take some special precautions. Spidey is getting really excited. You just do not find mountains with skulls on them in the boroughs of New York. Not outside of science fairs in any case. Meanwhile, at a roller derby. Home of the fun. What the heck? Yeah. Um, long story short, Peter's new almost girlfriend moonlights as a roller derby participant. And tonight, she has some aggression which she unloads through her elbow into the side of the head of her opponent. Wood. Not an expert on this sport, but I think it is both expected, anticipated, and frowned upon. So the nice man in the zebra shirt asks her to sit down and think about her life choices. Her two teammates, while they appreciate and encourage her rough play, uh, they feel like she's a little too aggro tonight. 
What's up, Buttercup? Man, am I right? Carly walks through her recent friendships, starting with a dude named Vin, who was a rogue cop. Then we have Lily, who was as close as a sister, who also turned out to be a supervillain. Then her own dad, who faked his death to hide from his mob ties. Oh, and then there's this new boy, Pete, who she likes, but is a liar. You do need better friends, Carly. Like these two ladies who want to take her out drinking for the night. My kind of friends. Speaking of which, let's check in on the super friends. They are going with Future Foundation, but whatever. They're climbing up to the ominous looking cave, hoping for adventure. Actually, Reed is hoping that this is not going to turn out into something magical, because he is science. And while he can make a quarter appear in Franklin's ear, he really relies on the magicians of the six one six to do that heavy lifting. To make matters worse, Reed's science detector thingy has stopped working, but that is okay, because we all know about Peter Man's Peter Tingle. Unfortunately, the tingle seems to be tangled and mangled and is no longer jangles. As Spidey explains how awkward and vulnerable he feels without his alarm system, he sets off a hidden trap. Bring, 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 bring. And unleashes a mob of undead pirates. Awesome. Now, while this is not cool to three-fourths of the not-fantastic four, Spidey is so excited. This, this is the adventure he wanted. Something not right about that boy, or about these attackers. But when Reed tries to science at them, one of the pirates breaks his Apple Watch. Jerks. Meanwhile, at the Baxter Building, home of the fighting kids, the Sparty Pants Brigade has decided that they need to save the adults, so they have once again hacked into Dragon Man, aka Baby, for the good of science and are ready to head out to the island of misfit zombie pirates. Yep, they are headed to a destination of wackiness. Speaking of which, the new plan for the professionals on the island is to shove the pirates back into the cave they came from, which is full of, uh, stuff. Yeah, like a giant portal with a mess of tech, a ring of Blackbeard's gems, parts of a pirate ship, and the zombies, of course. Of course. But now, apparently, these zombies did this in order to summon their lord and Admiral Blackbeard in from the past. And this statement, and the chance discovery of some spare clothing, gives Spidey a really bad idea. <laughs> what do you mean, bad? This is the best idea in the world! But before we get there, let's talk about more good ideas as we check in with Carly, who is out drinking with her friends. She is feeling pretty good right about now, if you ask me. Now that she's got some liquid counseling coursing through her, and her friends are helping her make good, wise, and adult choices. Like getting drunk and going to a tattoo parlor and getting some ink on her body to stick it to the new boyfriend. I mean, wow. Choices. Choices. Or, as Carly herself says, this is drunken revenge. And it looks like she is choosing a green goblin head because she knows how much Pete hates Osborne. We should flip the page as she starts to take off her clothes and seeing what Peter and Ben are doing with the clothes they found. I did a search online and do you know what I do not see? I do not see any, any cosplay of the thing as Blackbeard the Pirate. And that is a shame. We are going to need to have a great thing costume. And then you're going to need to cross that with an XXXXXL Jack Sparrow costume. This might be doable. Yes, it is. And as a style guide for the cosplay, you could show them this panel of the thing dressed up in his Blackbeard garb, swinging into the scene from a rope and delivering this line. Oi, what's all this then? Why are you bothering these fancy pants blokes when we should be having a tot of rum and chasing birds? Long story short, and a pair of face palms from the married pair of Fantastic Fourites, Ben's half-hearted attempt at a British accent and no real commitment to the bit seems to make no dent whatsoever on the attacking hordes. 
But never fear, the cavalry is here. If you consider a bunch of children yelling, it's clobbering time, to be a unit of soldiers who fought on horseback. The Ben will approve. But Mom will not, as she promises a whole new level of grounding. Yeah, 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 whatever. This is the point where the kids have more info than the parents. I mean, really, look at this mess. Does this zombie pirate rave party look like something that would really happen? I mean, what is this, Scooby-Doo? My dude, this team just fought different dimension dinos in France, murderous mini-molecules in the microverse, and were IT support in the far-flung future. This seems to be like the next logical evolution on the weird scale. Well... Not from an enlightened kid's perspective. And when Sue causes an Invisalign Shine light show to happen, we see that the copper hat, heavy gear, deep sea diving suit pirate is actually, dun dun dun, Mysterio. Then the Red Hood village leader shows up, removes his mask, and reveals that he is, dun dun dun, the chameleon. Gasp! Do you know what this means? Do you? Do you know who is responsible for all of this and would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for these meddling future foundationers? Why, it's old man Sinister Six! Yes, it is. But why? Well, it is a Spider-Man comic book. Oh, good point. Da-da-da-da-da-da. It's time for the themes of the issue. So we have a cover here, and it's a cover drawn by Stefano Caselli and Lorenzo de Felice. Felici. De Felici. And this has, well, it's kind of a bluish black ground with kind of a little bit light in there. At the top, it says Infested, the road to Spider Island. The Amazing Spider-Man. And we have Thor in the corner box, because there's nothing if this book throughout all the pages that don't deal with Amazing Spider-Man and the Future Foundation, it's advertisements for the Thor movie that's coming out. So we got this blue-white background, and we see the thing, and we see Spider-Man, and we see Reed. Reed's holding Val, and Val's tugging on Reed's face, and it's pulling out. And we see a really not well-drawn Franklin Richards, but he's kind of pretending he's Spider-Man. He's got one of the plastic Spider-Man masks above his head. And then Sue is kind of fading out of the background. Not my favorite cover. It's it's kind of boring, and the art's not the best. Uh. I think the art's fine. I think it once again has the problem of Val and Franklin. How old are they, and... What body sizes do they have? Because Val looks like the little kid she's supposed to be, as opposed to the older sister that she always appears as. And Franklin appears to be like, he's gained a couple of years in the past week. He stayed up late and gained five years. So (laughs) it's the fluctuating child age scale again on comics. But I think the art's fine. It's got heavy shadows in it. It looks good. Yeah, not a lot's going on. It's got a little bit of comedy with Val pulling on her dad's face because he's, you know, Mr. Elongated Man. And, you know, this Spidey Franklin. Eh. There's there's so much cool stuff going on inside that they could have done something with, and it's it just seems kind of blah. Yeah. It's like, okay, we know Spider-Man's in here. Let's mm-hmm. do something. We can have the Fantastic Four here with something else. There's, there's nothing hinting about what's in this book besides Future Foundation. I don't know. Not, not my favorite one. I get that. I could see it not being a favorite. I think it's... It's fine enough. Agree to disagree. But we'll see how much we agree on the rest of this issue. It's kind of funny going from what we did have in the last issue with a lot of stuff happening. A lot. And then we get to this one where it is a couple hours tops, except for the kids coming all the way from the Baxter building to this Mm -hmm. island, which actually, I guess it's not that far. They're in the Caribbean. No. It's also not that far because they're using future tech. You know, they're using Fantastic Four tech, where they take that to go to different dimensions and different planets in a timely fashion. Going 
Yeah. Going to the islands is a, uh, a trip out the door. And, and it's not that far from New York. I mean, it's a hop, skip, and a jump down south. So it's not too far away. And fights don't take that long. I mean, you start a fight, it goes pretty fast. It mm-hmm. just seems long. So this does not take that long. This is a very, very quick issue as far as what goes on the island. Now, the, the, the night out on the town might be a little longer because it does take a little while to get drunked up after oh, yeah. you shower up from the roller derby game you're having. But we're yeah. not talking a long period of time here. There's, this is a very short amount of time. A lot of stuff happens. It's just not as much as that happened in the last issue. <laughs> what did you think about pacing and, and everything else that was going on in this one? Did you like it? It was fun. Pacing wasn't terrible. I mean, we've landed on this beach and we need to go over to that island over there and then climb that mountain and do the stuff. They're doing kind of the wilderness adventure trek, the fight their way through the yeah. jungles kind of adventure. They could just fly over there and land. They could just go there. So they, they they did a walk and talk so they could sing some Beastie Boys. Yeah. But they could have just flown over. So they did a little jungle trek for no real reason. My opinion. But it was fine. Yeah. To tell a story and stuff, you know. Yep. The weirdest part of it for me was Spider-Man setting off a trap like 12 feet up on a rock. He hit a, he hit a trip plate where normally you'd have the pressure plate would be somewhere on the ground. This was one that was up on a rock 12 feet. It seems like a very, why the heck would you place a, a, a trip wire up here? There's no reason to. There's a very good reason for it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to show up in the next issue. Mm-hmm. Get some hint to it as already. I mean, we get the Sinister Six at the end, right? So, we know one thing already. We're in a Spider-Man book. <laughs> yes, we are in a Spider-Man book, and it's expecting Spider-Man. And and it's not Acts of Vengeance. So, the Sinister, Six has, <laughs> the Sinister Six has shown up. They're pulling a fast one on Spider-Man and his amazing friends here. Mm-hmm. But this is all planned. So, I, I would think that the reason why that trap is there is because they knew who they were, they were calling. They knew who they were expecting. They were expecting Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it emphasizes the fact that uh, Spider-Man was talking about, because, you know, like the Future Foundation was going, well, luckily we have your spider sense to rely on because our tech is down right now. And he's like, actually, I lost that recently fighting some spider slayers. Yeah. I feel like I'm in peril at any time. I could fall into a, a manhole cover at any minute. And then he triggers a trap. So it plot wise, it's it's a storytelling thing. To yeah. say that, hey, he doesn't have a spider, his spider sense, so he's going to trigger you know traps and everything because he doesn't know that they're there. Yeah, that is what we got going on. We got Chameleon, Rhino, Doc Ock, Mysterio, Electro, and Sandman. Sandman, a classic Fantastic Four villain. Yes, back in the this day. is true. This is true. Cosmically powered, basically, uh, Sandman back in the day. He was a, a big threat to the universe. He was also a good guy for a while, too. I like Sandman. I like him. I liked him as a good guy. I liked it when he was hanging out with Silver Sable. Yeah. And, be, and trying to do kind of the redemption arc. I think he was great as a redemption arc. He's fun. Yeah, I, I would agree. Wonderfully paid, played by Thomas Hayden Church in the Spider-Man movie. Just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got him. We've got other classics. Chameleon, Electro, Rhino, Mysterio. We've seen all these characters, except for Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen all of them in the Spider-Man movies. Doc Ock, of course. Uh, this is... A little bit different Doc Ock, though. He's gone through some things. He's wearing a mask. He's got his head shaved. He, he looks like Darth Vader while Darth Vader's getting all of the work done on him. He's got his helmet off kind of thing. Kind of reminds me of. This is before the Superior Spider-Man thing and everything where Doc Ock has 
suffered a lot of abuse, you know, throughout the years and his body is failing him and his organs are shutting down and he's getting cancers and all sorts of stuff. And his arms are becoming more of a life support suit and where, you know, right now he's just kind of like a crossed, crossed arms, almost in a body bag. And he's starting to get more and more tech put on him. Yeah. As, as life support, basically. Yeah. As he's going farther and farther away from his humanity. So, yeah. which is, oh man, those are good. That's a good storyline. There's some neat stuff that goes on with that. <laughs> I, I, I have read some of that. I like that storyline. That's good. I, I like seeing the Sinister Six show up. We're going to be able to talk about them a lot more next issue, of course, because mm-hmm. they're just introduced at the end. But we got the kids showing up. Save the day. The kids have yeah. figured out what's going on. They have upgraded the tech. They've all put on their fighting jorts, and they're ready to go into battle. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> kids are doing pretty good for themselves. I, I don't have any problem with them showing up. I like there being a little bit more flavor to this it's a Mm -hmm. lot of people once we start getting the rest of the future foundation kids brigade in there it's a lot of people that get in the comics but i think dan slot and the artists do a pretty good job of juggling all this so it suddenly becomes the sinister six versus the fantastic 14 kind of a deal that have brought tech specifically to defeat their plans they put a backpack on baby dragon man and there was like Oh, this will shut down the energy signature that's going on. That's going to be cause a real bad thing if we let that happen. And it'll put some kids in peril, but it won't. And then it'll work out fine for everybody. And then maybe the the kids will get grounded. (laughs) I'm sure at some point Sue will say, and it's bedtime. So, (laughs) you know, you don't know this, but no, I I like the kids showing up. I think they're pretty cool. We talked a little bit already, the Pirate Island, the setting for this. It's a nice throwback, once again, to the history of the Fantastic Four, which Dance Lot is kind of doing a lot of. We had on last episode, of course, Douglas Woke and his book talking about all the Marvels. And a lot of Fantastic Four and Spider-Man are both rinse and repeat. Here's a storyline. Here's how they resolve. Repeat. And they, mm-hmm. they tend to go back and back and back and they touch on things that, that were there before. So them going back to this island, kind of making jokes about it. Can you believe Dr. Doom had a pet tiger? What the heck? <laughs> That was great. Sue talking about like, yeah, I was held captive in the present. What you know, while the boys were sent back in time, and I had to sit there and watch Doctor Doom stroke his stupid pet tiger. That is not a euphemism. This he literally had a tiger. <laughs> and then we've got Ben dressing up as Blackbeard. Sixties <laughs> comics were weird, man. They're weird. <laughs> it's nice that they're doing like touch base back to all of that, and then we have. Spider-Man out of his element. He's not in New York. Oh, cool. We get to fight pirates. We get to go to a mountain made of skulls. That's awesome. He's so excited about it. He's like, this is the adventures I want. Yes, I want to fight pirates. Yes, zombies, the best. Ah, everything about this is amazing. (laughs) He's so hip for what they're doing. They're at the village and the village leader, Chameleon, is going, oh, old uncle there. It's like strange lights are appearing from there. And he's like, Reed, we got to go there. That's where the problem's at. It's like, because that has to be because it's a skull island. And Reed's like, that doesn't make any sense. There's no logic for that. He's like, no, we got to go anyway. I don't care if it makes sense or not. That's where we're going. Uh, No, I, I like this. I like it. It's a great place. It's a great setting. It's a lot of fun. And it's a joy. It's just an adventure that Fantastic Four is going on with their buddy Peter Parker. Yep. Until Sinister Six shows up. Yeah. Until kids show up and just say, guys, this is Scooby-Doo. Yeah. This is ridiculous. This is Scooby-Doo. And they're like, no, because there's weird lights and zombies. It's not safe. No, this is Scooby-Doo, guys. And, and then I like, I just like seeing all the, you know, the, the adult future foundationers go like, is it? It would make more sense. 
Is it Scooby-Doo? Yes, it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> now, I need to ask you an important question because we, we have an audio medium, so people don't know this about you. But mm-hmm. what they can't see on the other side is that you have a love affair with tattoos. Mm, yes, and, so and, much and, ink. And, and you've got so much ink all over your body so that you must have some real set boundaries and ideas and, and rules about how you mark up your body. Yep. Only do it when I'm mentally impaired. So only get ink after you've had just trauma and altered states. That's the only time you should get ink. That way it's a surprise for you the next day. Which is the reason why, I mean, neck to ankles covered, your life has been nothing but that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I sublet as uh, the tattooed man at every traveling circus. I, I will County. say that I'm also impressed that you were able to get the corporate sponsorship and getting brand names trademarked onto your body and being an advertisement for them. I, I think that was very bright of you and smart of you. I mean, it helps complete the sleeves and everything else, too. So. I know. Well, each and every cold open that we've done as an advertisement from the 80s and on, that that's what I get inked on. Yep. that's It's just so I'm looking for that 1980s money. These are lies. Pretty much. I got I got no ink. I got no ink at all. I've thought about it, but I've never got any. So <laughs> I'm, I'm the one who's got the tattoos. I've only got two yeah. of them. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> were any of them drunken revenge tattoos? No, neither of them were. Uh, they both were. The first one was after I got out of basic training. Mm-hmm. I had a day and a half to kill. And me and another guy and another girl, we, we were all in the same basic training squad. We were, we were like, we got nothing to do. Let's go get some tattoos. At that moment, <laughs> that was my first thought about getting a tattoo. I'm like, yeah. sure. Yeah. And then I went and got I'm, a tattoo. <laughs> I've never thought about it, but since the decision was made, okay. Since I am young and I have a pocket full of cash on me and I've got nothing to do for the next 32 hours, which has mm-hmm. not happened in the last eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and then the second tattoo was after I got out of AIT following basic training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it was, well, I got one. Let's go get the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I graduate something, I'll go get it. Go get it in my memory. There is rules. You never want to get a name. You know, mm-hmm. I love my wife dearly, but I'm not going to get her name. I'm not no. going to get any something that that's for her because God forbid something happens with us. Okay. Yep. Now you got the bad memory. But no matter what happens in the future with my daughter, she is my daughter. She's always going to be my daughter. Yep. So I I think the trick on the name tattoos is to turn it entirely around. Instead of getting one person's name, get the phone book tattooed on you. That way you have everybody's name. That way, if there's some bad memories associated with any one name, it's drowned out by the thousands of other names in there. Phone so, books. I think they're a technology that's going to be really coming back. Final thoughts, then. Let's talk about what uh, we really liked in this issue, starting with the Gallery of Greatness. We've got a cave wall here. We've got this cave wall that's, there's a bunch of junk in this cave, but that's okay. That's okay. We could put some artwork on here, kind of liven the place up a bit more around the tech, around the pirate ship, around the clothes. Jeff, Mm -hmm. do you have some joke ones for us? I do. On Marvel Unlimited, page 16, I call it, Mistakes Are About to Be Made. Mm-hmm. And this is when Carly and drunken friends stop outside of a tattoo parlor and say, Hey, you know what would really show, Peter? Getting some ink. Why don't we go do that? And Carly's all like, Yeah, why not? Let's go get tattoos. I'm drunk. Let's do it. We have 
described why that is and is not a good idea in the past yeah. 20 minutes. So I think we're oh, yeah. good on that one. I think we're good on yeah. that one. Just the three girls looking in a tattoo parlor like, I got an idea. So <laughs> crack me up. I would like you to take a look. Uh, this is kind of near the back part of the book where the pirates are attacking and it kind of, oh my gosh, this isn't pirates. This is actually the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. And we have a face off moment because he takes his yeah. he takes the, fa- the he takes off the face of Nicolas Cage and oh my gosh underneath it it is John Travolta so yeah we have, we have just face I don't, I don't know it just it just tickled me I just I love the fact that it's hey look at me it's so weird you've got all these zombie pirates too and then there's the copper hat the the heavy gear deep sea diving suit the old you know big bell helmet and everything looked out of place it looked super out of place but it still was awesome because it was like oh it's the leader pirate whatever who cares it's old timey and it's neat looking and this big bubblehead diving suit is mysterio mr bubble bubblehead suit man himself and i'm like that's awesome and stupid and i love it and it's a total mysterious thing to do yeah uh what, what else you got for fun joke stuff on page six when the team is walking along and they've gone to this village right after professor what's the name what's another name for pirate treasure ben's all into it because it's all booty booty he's like yeah beastie boys classic and then he gets hit in the face with with a fistful of sand and i so i call it dale gribble's pocket sand <laughs> character in King of the Hill used to carry a pocket of sand to throw in his assailant's faces and that's what happened to Ben. Somebody threw pocket sand at him and it made me laugh. <laughs> I, I know that I would normally give you my backup joke here and I'm going to get to my ba- or my top joke. I'm going to get to that but since we're on this page and since we're right there I need to give you my backup best art and it's mm-hmm. the picture right below that. Oh, that's a good one. And it's the villagers attacking the thing. And so yep. he, he just got hit in the face and then you just start seeing like a guy hauling off and hitting him with a cricket back, I guess. It's not it's even just, that. It's a stick, basically. No, you're there's right. A, that one looks like a cricket bat. Yeah, there's a handle. Other people just literally have sticks. Yeah, so. it, I mean, the guy's giving it his all. Mm, and this mm-hmm. thing just, this bat thing explodes on him. And you yep. see everybody else coming up. And I'm like, just, what are you all doing? Because exactly. come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good piece of art. And it is it's also hilarious because it's like, oh, villagers, no, no villagers, no. no, 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 no. Let's let's not let's not do that. Let's not do that. Write this one up. Don't attack the big boulder, man. No, it's no. not going to go well. I need to go to my top joke one though because I, I skipped that really quick, and it's it's nothing more than Blackbeard pirate thing. Oh, you know what? Come on. That- <laughs> That is, it, no way is that funny. That is a top art one. And I actually called it, I bet Rick picked this one too. Blackbeard. I did pick it. I picked it as my you top did. joke one because yep. it made me laugh. It made me I laugh. Picked, <laughs> I picked it as my top favorite. It made me laugh too, but I absolutely loved the art. And uh, it was like, I'm like, Rick's going to, this is going to be Rick's top. And it was, but in the wrong way. Yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's, it's just not what you expect. Not what you expect at all. Uh, what's your backup good art one then? My backup best art one is on page 10 and I call it On the Way to Blackbeard's Eldritch Booty. And this is the top panel and it is the, you know, the jungle trek 
going along where the future foundation is climbing rocks and trying to get over to old uncle and it's beautiful because all the characters are in silhouette and behind it is skull mountain and a waterfall's coming out of the mouth and falling into the sea and i'm like i love this this is beautiful just so nice looking the next page is my top good art one and i called this one hey thanks comic my daughter might not read this issue because of you thank you very much zombie pirates yep splash page it's a good one it was on my list yeah my initial peruse through this i'm like yeah this one's gonna be my top it's good but then i saw some other stuff where i'm like gotta have pirate ben gotta have this landscape one so i think that my daughter's gonna throw this across the room when that page comes up but we will see what happens for now Let's have some fun. Let's insult each other. Hey, Jeff, you are nothing, as Spider-Man says, but a Megadie swab. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, go eat a thesaurus, webhead, because I literally meant literally. <laughs> nice. That was a good one, too. I like the literal, literally. <laughs> That's not even one of, my, one of mine, but there was a number of insults in here that were there pretty was. great. There was. Yeah, well, that was that was one, and yours was when Spider Man was uh, hype manning Blackbeard the Pirate's entrance. That yeah. was pretty great, and the entrance <laughs> did not take no because everybody kind of face palmed or said kill them. So, what do you got for a good insult? Come on, bring it to me. On page twenty, after the Future Foundation kids, the Time Bandit brats show up and everybody's like kids you can't be here it's not safe you need to run escape yeah there's zombies it's too much for you and franklin just says zombie pirates weird lights what is this (laughs) scooby-doo awesome great insult thank you franklin my top one was actually the entire bit where the leader of the village who we then Uh find out is actually (laughs) chameleon so really when you find out it's chameleon you're like oh Oh, he's just insulting them. Because <laughs> he goes through and calls Invisible Girl, okay? The Elongated Man, come on. The Incredible yeah. Hulk, really? And and, and yeah. calling, I mean, Spider-Man the Human Torch, okay, that's not, ne- well, it kind of is and kind of isn't an yeah. insult. Spider-Man just finds it funny. It's, it's still just wrong. Yeah. But he also called him, it's like, it's the, it's the famous Fantastic Four. Well, we go by Future Foundation now. It's a disguised chameleon just skewering them so i i appreciated that i thought that was that was top notch right there it was pretty good that it was on my list of insults because it's a good one it it is a great one my top rubber and glue insult is on page four and this is after valeria had been able to get through to talk to her parents and her mom's like well you're supposed to be in bed what are you doing way past your bedtime you got such an ego on you just like your father and all these things and then bentley's all of reality threatens to collapse into a singularity, and she's quibbling over our sleep cycles, Franklin? And Franklin's response is, give her a break, Bentley. She's an adult. She has no sense of proportion. <laughs> All right. Parents, adults. Parents. Man, they just don't understand. Speaking of parents, let's talk about the Parent of the Year Award, the Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. I'm going to go ahead and go with Sue. And mm-hmm. here's the reason why. She was trying to be a very strict parent. Good. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she eventually listened to the kids. Kind of. I think that was forced on her. A little bit forced, but she finally, I mean, I, there was efforts that were in there the entire time. So I really appreciated mm-hmm. she was trying to be, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, trying. Okay, the kids are here now. Fine. What are they? Oh, I should be listening now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need to be listening now. So she was trying to have her cake and eat it too. Fair enough. Good choice. So you're going for good parenting. Yes. 
I'm going to do the read version of, of bad parenting, and I am going to pick Carly's friend, Wendy. <laughs> Good choice. She, yes, because although although it was great, it was just like, hey, you're having problems. Talk to me. Oh, it's boy problems. Let's go out drinking. Let's just go blow off some steam. But that went from like, let's blow off some steam to like, let's get wrecked. And also, let's get a tattoo. You should get a tattoo, Mrs. I have pure skin who's never been inked. I've never touched ink and never talked about it. Let's let's get you inked. You know what? The best idea for ink is to have a revenge tattoo because that'll really affect the other person, something that's afflicting you for the rest of your life. So I thought she was a bad parent that way because while she was both encouraging and supportive, she was also just like, yeah, have cake for dinner. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but she was a lot of fun, but still, I'm going to give her a bad parent award. No, I, I think it's quite fair. I think it's quite fair. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into who is most popular and who's most shunned. We need to find out who is the best and the worst in this issue. Jeff, we like to start with worst, and mm -hmm. you may not like my worst, but I got to go with it. I'm sorry. I'm choosing Ben. And hear Ooh. me out. Hear me out. He wanted to kill the villagers. Yes, he did. Which bring it back a notch, Ben. These mm -hmm. are these are poor fishermen villagers. You got this. You don't need to go to clobbering mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. He beat the Beastie Boys booty joke down too far. You gotta know <laughs> you gotta know limits. You gotta know limits. And he completely failed as Blackbeard. I mean it was right there. It was so easy. <laughs> He even says in there, when, when Spider-Man, he says, Oi, lads, what's all this? And Spider-Man's like, what? Oi, oi, that's have a totter up. What is, what did you do? And he's like, and Ben's all, I forgot the voice that I did originally, so I just tried to do my best Jack Sparrow impersonation. And he's like, don't mess with the classics, man. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I'm just like, come on. Come on. Give it to Ben. Okay, I can accept that. It's not what I would do. I know. But that is fine. You have made your choices, and you get to live in that bed. Mm -hmm. You get to live in that headspace, and you get to be that person who made that choice. I, I've got no problems at all with it. <laughs> <laughs> Kill villagers, destroyed a joke, killed the opportunity to be Blackbeard. I mean, <laughs> he, can still line that, as Blackbeard. he can line that bed that I've eaten crackers in all day long. That's what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> well, I accept that. My... Worst, I'm going to say, was Sue. Okay. Wasn't listening to people talk, insulting to her daughter, but also to read, which I'm all for. But also, wouldn't let anybody have fun. Ben is enjoying the Beastie Boys. She's like, no, we got to, no, this, no, done. I don't want to hear this anymore. I don't want to hear booty anymore. And it's like, oh, you're spoiling other people's fun. And also, after Spider-Man reeled murder Ben in, Reed was like, oh, wow. Peter really stepped up, and you know, usually it's my job to pull Ben back, but he did a great job. And But Sue's like, yeah, but who's going to reel him in? And it's like, well, you're just a downer, man. You are just being a downer on everybody. I'm not, not digging on you today, Sue. So she got my less than pleasant award. Okay, okay. Who do you got mm -hmm. for top? Spins a web. Yes, he can. Is he man? Spider-Man. Watch out. His Peter Tingle's gone. Spidey! Eh, okay. I'm giving a Spidey. Here's the deal. Super encouraged about encouraging and excited about the adventure they're on. Yeah. Pirates, amazing. Mysterious lights, let's go. Skull Island, you betcha. Woohoo. Introduces Beastman. Uh Beastie Boys, not Beastman. Cheers up, Ben. 
cheers up Ben. Ben is out of his funk. Ben is all in like the, yeah, I got the good music going on. Yeah, you think you're drinking chocolate milk? Nah, you're drinking down, watered down Yoohoo. He's all about that. Ben is happy. He also, now here's the most important part here. He convinced Ben to dress up as Blackbeard the pirate again. And then Ben ruined it. He did, but he he tried. And also, he's still dressed as Blackbeard. And it is amazing. And I gotta give it to Spidey just for that, because he got Ben in a Blackbeard costume, and woo! So, Spidey. Spider-Man. Okay. All right. Fair. Good choice. We will accept it. I'm gonna go with Val. Hmm. She risked grounding to save the parents. Hmm. And the universe as we know it, yep, apparently. Yep, yep. I just, I'm saying, you know what? She could have just, okay, we got to go to bed. Or she could have just, you know, we'll figure something else out to do. Instead, she says, we're going to go and we're going to solve this issue. Grounding be darned. That does, in fact, remind me of another point of why I picked Sue as my worst. Was because Sue and Val finally get into contact with each other. They get through the interference. Sue says, finally, I've been trying to get in touch with you for hours. And then the very next beat is like, it is hours past your bedtime. What are you doing up? It's like, which, what direction are you going, mom? You want me awake or you don't? You know, if, if you knew I was, if you thought I was going to be asleep, you shouldn't have been calling because you know you weren't going to get me because I'm, I'm all sleepy land. So, but Val's a great choice. Okay. As long mm. as you agree that Val's a great choice. <laughs> yeah, Val's a great choice. I like, I like all of our choices. They're great. Let's go ahead and do another choice then. Let's go ahead and rank this issue. We need to figure out what is the best and what's the worst issues, not in the series, but in this lovely ranking of books that feature a member of Power Pack. So, still have at the top, Fantastic Four 588, Month of Morning. Down at spot number 10, Fantastic Four 579, The Future Foundation. Down at spot number 20, we've got Runaways. Number two, True Believers number two, that's where the Runaways hunt down Victor and discovers that he has powers. And of course, the bottom, Loner's number three, What Lies Beneath. Jeff, where are you feeling? This was a fun issue. It was not the best in the world. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, midline to begin with. But also, I I think just the simple fact that it reminded me of some songs that I really like, CeeLo Green and Beastie Boys. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, this made me really happy because it got me listening to some music again that I'm like, I haven't heard the you in a while. Yeah, I'm down with this. <sighs> I like it. I do not think it is hyper top tier, but I think it is at least mid tier or better. I'm kind of thinking actually probably above half, kind of around where number 11, Julie becomes Mm -hmm. an actress for a hot second. That was fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little sexual assault in that. And this had a little uh, Professor Booty. Eh, Okay. Little village assault. Little villager attack. I don't think I want to go down below that. Below that we got, well, actually the kids Kids defeat defeat Ultron. Ultron. That's pretty good issue too. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I probably wouldn't go down below volume one of The Loners. I think that this is a little bit better than that. So probably... I I was looking around 14, but I was kind of feeling higher than that. Yeah. 13, Baxter Building is infested, Sue keeping the peace, Galactus wants a snack. It's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot that happens there, but it is the build up to the big sacrifice issue. I could go above or below that one. How about above? Okay. You want to go above this one? We'll make that the new number 13 then. Sounds good. All right. Okay. There we go. Number 13. Not a bad showing. Not too bad at all. But let's talk about beer now. Our final thoughts on beer. What do we think of this gluten-free, dark lager, defiance dark lager? How do you feel about staying up past bedtime? Well, I don't mind that at all. I usually do. I don't Mm -hmm. mind this beer. It is not bad. I'm kind of getting used to the 
taste, the artificial taste, it's still there. Yeah. I've just gotten used yeah. to it. Like I had said, you know, at the beginning, curious to see what an hour will do to this as it warms up, the profile changes, the taste buds start getting inundated. The tastes are still there. They are more muted. It's not bad. It is a beer. I will happily sip on that. I will acknowledge the little bit of rust at the end, the little artificially in the four. Mm-hmm. It's ranking in my fine category, fine plus kind of thing. It's it's very much in it's in the threes somewhere for me. Yeah. It is it's an acceptable beverage. It's great for people that can't have gluten. It is something I will and am drinking. It, it's a good three. Yeah, I think I'm going to join you on that three. I, I it's it is what it is. It's fine. It's good for what it is. I'm glad it's there. It's just not. It's not anything special. But now that we've covered a fine beer, let's talk about a fantastic bit that we call Kids Perspective. And that is where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, please take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. We are back to talk about more amazing Spider-Man, aren't we? Yep. And who else is in this amazing Spider-Man book? Fantastic Four? Wrong. Or the... Future Foundation. Correct. <laughs> and who else is in this book? Zombie Pirate. <laughs> Your favorite. Aren't, weren't you so happy to see zombie pirates? No. You don't like zombies, do you? No. Do you like pirates? Yes. Then what's the problem? They're just pirates that are, you know... Deceased. Yeah. And they aren't even deceased. They're robots. What are you worried about? I don't like zombies. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the rest of the story, though? It was good. That's all you have to say is it was good? Was it enjoyable? Did it keep you entertained? Did it make you laugh? Did it make you go, ooh, with excitement? It was just okay. <laughs> it was just okay. That's it. Just okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Wasn't bad? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of this? I don't know. You had to enjoy something with this one, didn't you? Did you like them fighting? Did you like them just walking and talking? Did you like Carly going out with her friends? I guess I liked them fighting, because... Then they got to kill the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> they got to kill the zombies, so that's what made it all worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about that a bit, though. Who's behind all this zombie nonsense? Mysterio and the Sinister Six. Yep, that's right. What do you think about them? They're six villains. <laughs> what do you know about the, the different members of the Sinister Six? Let's see. So there's... Mysterio, mm-hmm. Rhino guy, mm-hmm. Sandman, yeah, other people. <laughs> <laughs> which one do you know the most and which one do you like the most? Of the villains? Yeah. Either Mysterio or Sandman. Probably Mysterio, though. You I like him know. the most? No, I know him the most. <laughs> I think it's cool. His powers are cool. Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. The only reason, or I do kind of like Sandman, though, because of that one Spider-Man movie where he was, like, talking about how he was doing all this for his daughter and stuff. Yeah. He was a villain, but he was doing it for what he thought was good reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. Is there anything else that really stood out to you, or do you have any questions about this book? Not really. No. If you were going out with your friends and you decided to get a tattoo, what tattoo would you get? I already know the answer. A cat! Yep, that's what I thought. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. I love you. Love you, too. I know, Carrie. Zombie pirates. Not for everybody's taste. Shout out time. We like to recognize those people who are not zombie pirates and listen to our show. And they take time to leave us a review. 
And this is for episode 124, where we covered Fantastic Four, 588, A Month of Mourning. Charles Gears. Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Years Later. Jeremy Daw, who said, I love the concept of silent issues for comics. The 30 days captured in this issue is rivaled by Savage Dragon. There was an issue where each panel represents a day. I didn't get this issue, though. Matthew Birdsey. Michael Neertz. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his podcast, The Outcasters. Also like to thank those lovely people that give us a little bit of money to do the show. And we always would like some other people to join us over on our Patreon. You can also listen to more content over there as we have covered nearly 50 issues of this fantastic story of Power Pack in alternate universes. So be like these people and join us. People like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly Waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. Next issue, we are going to cover Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 1, Number 660, Fantastic Voyage, Part 2. Be sure to check out the other show that I do, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout on the Logbox Crusade Podcast Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff Merck presents his bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of live studio audience of my new Speedball action figure in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Merck Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Merck Present, our email address, Jeff and Merck Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Merck Present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Merck Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. Until next time. Costumes costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is The Sign by Sasha Ende. All music is found in Accomptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Writers, Dan Slott and Fred Van Lent. I forget his event. Let, 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 yeah. Bring, bring. <laughs> I'm just going to butcher every name. It's going to be horrible. Bring, bring. Has led them to the Caribbean. Has led them to the Caribbean. Bring, bring. Like going to a tattoo parlor and getting some ink on her body. Party. Bring, bring. Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Yule- Almost. <laughs>